No shortage of superstar power as the Minnesota Wild take on the Dallas Stars in round one of the NHL playoffs. And we've got you covered with everything you need to know on today's episode of Locked on Wild. You're locked on wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And welcome into another episode of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Wild your first listen each and every day. And just as a reminder, you can find Locked On Wild on all of your favorite podcast platforms absolutely free of charge. On today's episode of Locked On Wild, we dive into the round one matchup between the Wild and the Stars with Kevin Gorg. We'll talk about some potentially good news for the Minnesota Wild, as well as what they need to do in order to come away victorious in what should be an epic first-round series. My name is Seth Topol, your daily Minnesota Wild insider, and as mentioned, we're joined by Kevin Gorg today. Kevin, no shortage of star power in this series, but uh, we finally know who the Wild are playing, and it will be the Dallas Stars that uh, the Wild will clash with First off, it should, it should just be a fantastic series between these two teams who both had great seasons. Yeah, both these uh, teams eclipsed uh, 100 points. Uh, both these teams were in the hunt for a division title uh, with the Colorado Avalanche, the uh, cup champions from last year. And as you mentioned, there is star power all over the ice. You got great storylines along with that star power. You know, you, you start at the top of the heap when it comes to talent. Jason Robertson and Kirill Kaprizov, they were linked together when they chased uh, down that Calder Trophy that Kirill Kaprizov won a couple years ago. They are both young superstars in this league that can do so much damage offensively and do so much for their hockey teams. But it goes so much deeper than that. You look at the Dallas Stars and what they have with, with Tyler Sagan and Jamie Benn is still such an impactful player. And then, of course, the goaltender, Lakeville North Panther, uh, Jake Ottinger, who was really the story of the playoffs for the Dallas Stars last year. And then you flip the coin and say, well, wait a minute. You got the Gus bus here. You got Philip Gustafson, who after that first month of the season put up the best numbers in the National Hockey League in terms of save percentage and goals against average. So it has all the makings of a classic, as you mentioned. It feels like it's going at least six, if not seven. And I really can't wait to get down to Dallas and see this thing unfold. From the health standpoint, the Wilds getting a lot of good news this week. Uh, it sounds like Marcus Johansson is going to be 100%, no limitations after that uh, scary hit against the Winnipeg Jets. Sounds like Kirill Kaprizov said uh, that he feels like himself after getting reacclimated uh, after his injury. So first off, before the, uh, the Jewel Erickson Eck news, uh, it sounds like those two guys should be full bore here for this series. I think one of the most important things we saw yesterday at Tria Rank watching the Wild go through an actually pretty vigorous and long practice, well over uh, an hour, which at this time of the year caught my attention, likely a shorter uh, practice that I'm heading to later this morning. But no you know, no issues for, uh, for JoJo. Marcus Johansson did not have on a no-contact jersey. He played full bore in the line rushes, in the uh, sequences where they worked on special teams and looked good doing it. I got to tell you, Kirill Kaprizov had wings yesterday on the ice. That's as good as I've seen him look probably 
all season long. So I think that rest has done him some good. And if you watch the one game he played here down the stretch, that was the final home game last week against Winnipeg. He looked good, but he looked a little rusty. I didn't see any rust yesterday at practice. And yeah, I guess, you know, the, the biggest news uh, outside of uh, Johansson yesterday was the fact that Drew Eriksson did hit the ice with Andy Ness on his own about an hour before the team uh, headed on. I don't know how that's possible, <laughs> knowing uh, what we know about the injury. It's nine or ten days removed uh, from that uh, incident in Pittsburgh. But uh, as we mentioned on this show last week, Jewel Erickson is not like other players. He doesn't heal like other players. He plays through pain differently than anybody I've ever been around. 17 years of doing this job, covering this team, uh, I've never seen a player that can play with pain and play through pain more than number 14. Uh, before we talk about the Dallas Stars, let's just look at some of the particulars for the Minnesota Wilds. Uh, it sounds like Dean Evison has made a decision on goalie that has not been revealed yet, but based off of how the last few games of the season went, it certainly moved in a particular direction. So do we think that, uh, that it will be Philip Gustafson for game one? Yeah, I think we do. And again, he was asked yesterday and he said, I absolutely know who's starting and I'm not going to share that information. And I get that. Um, this time of year, uh, especially as, as we've kind of conversed throughout the season, what makes this one-two tandem so interesting for the Wild as they move into the playoffs is how differently these guys play and how teams have to adjust the way they attack the net. These guys play a, a, a different style in every way, shape, or form. So why tip your hand? It, it is looking like Gustafson will be the game one starter. As I've said all along, I truly believe if the Wild are going to make a significant run, both goalies are going to make contributions at key moments throughout this postseason. So I would still think Marc-Andre Fleury at some point might be leaned on in this series, but Gustafson looks like the man for game number one. And to me, that's the biggest matchup to watch uh, early on in this series is Ottinger at home against Gustafson on the road. If, if Gustafson can hold his own against Ottinger, and I'm saying that with all due respect, Gustafson's put up a great amount of work here, but he's never played in the postseason. Ottinger had his best seven-game stretch as a pro last year in that series with Calgary. If the Wild can hold that matchup and, and call that a wash, then I think they have a big chance to win the series. A little bit of a lineup surprise, too, as uh, one of the guys who came onto the team late after his Gophers unfortunately could not get the, uh, the national championship win. Uh, Brock Faber skated as the, uh, one of the starters on the third line, D-pairing. Uh, and you know we talked about it after the Winnipeg game, a guy who uh, certainly impressed enough to where he may get the start uh, in game one. Yeah, that's yet to be determined, but uh, we'll see what it looks like again this morning. They wanted to get him some time either way with Klingberg, and and I, I thought it looked pretty good yesterday. And, and again, I think it's a, it's a big stage, uh, NHL playoffs in your third NHL game, but you have to remember that this is not an 18-year-old kid. This is a veteran player that's played in big games all of his life and played at a high level. And from Bill Guerin to Dean Emerson, all the way through that coaching staff, they have been really impressed, not just with what they've seen on the ice from Brock Faber, but the maturity he has shown off the ice, the way he's taken to the system and picked up on all the nuances that the Wild have thrown at him. So he's a very, very smart hockey player. And I assumed it would be either Goligoski or Merrill in that spot, but I think you know, Brock Faber uh, has more upside, and he's uh, a player that the organization thinks an awful lot of. And, again, that depth, I think, will play 
uh, play itself out nicely. The Wild have eight NHL-ready defensemen, nine if you count Kalen Addison. We're sleeping on the fact that Kalen Addison's kind of the odd man out here, but they've got a ton of depth on that blue line, and I think it's really cool if Brock Faber does get that chance in game number one. I think he's ready for it. We've got plenty more to discuss in this series. When we uh, come back, we're going to talk more about the special teams battle because the Wild have been a team that has been able to generate chances on the penalty kill. Turns out Dallas is pretty good at that themselves. So we'll uh, we'll discuss all of those particulars as we continue to preview the Wild and Stars round one matchup after this here on Locked on Wild. Today's episode is brought to you by a product I use literally every day. AG1 by Athletic Greens. Maybe you're like me. Maybe you want to be healthy and eat well, but it's always easier said than done. That's no longer the case with AG1. With one delicious scoop of AG1 in a glass of water each day, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It can be hard and expensive to keep track of multiple different supplements and vitamins, not to mention how hard it can be on your stomach. AG1 costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Continuing today's episode of Lockdown Wild, once again, thanks for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. Seth Topal joined by Kevin Gorg. Kevin, special teams-wise, these two teams pretty even. The Stars have the edge on the power play by about 4%. Pretty much a wash in terms of penalty kill and the Wild with 14 shorthanded goals. The Stars have 10, so a pretty even matchup uh, in the special teams department and the Wild hoping that their power play with Kirill back can uh, can get to where it was early in the season. Yeah, you know, 97 is such a difference maker when the Wild are on the power play, and I think their numbers took a dip uh, as soon as he got hurt, and rightfully so. It's an impossible player to replace on the power play. He can drive the net. He can go behind the net, creating havoc. And then the way he's able to dart in and out of space and him and Zuccarello playing off each other so well. And I think that's the other thing that uh, if, if the Wild are going to win this series, Zuccarello's got to be back to who we saw before March, uh, when when March 8th, when Kirill got hurt. I, I think his game, and not through his own fault, took a dip as well because he was asked to play with players like Sam Steele that he – Hadn't played a ton of hockey with and didn't generate nearly as much as Kaprizov. Matt Zuccarello is at his very best when Kirill's on the ice, and that will go five on five and on the power play. I think one of the big keys for Minnesota, especially when they're in Dallas, is to make sure they don't take too many penalties. I understand that the matchup on paper looks fairly balanced, but Dallas's power play, especially at home, is extremely dangerous. And the Wild have had trouble with this power play for years in that building. And so I think you have to limit your penalties on the road. You have to play five-on-five hockey, not let that power play gain momentum because two things happen when Dallas gets to the power play. Number one, you're going to expend extra minutes for key players like Brodeen, like Jared Spurgeon. 
but you're also going to get that big crowd into the game. I think people underestimate what crowds can do come playoff time. And I get it in the National Hockey League. The home ice advantage kind of gets blown out of proportion. But the one thing it can do inside of a game is create momentum, and their power play tends to do that. So the Wild have really got to lock it down in terms of how many penalties they take. They want to play five-on-five as much as possible. Now, when they are down a man, the Wild are dangerous. They play with speed. They play aggressive. And how they attack that Dallas power play with that penalty kill that's been so good, that's one thing I think if you're a Wild fan you can hang your hat on here is the momentum that the penalty kill has here in the final month of the season. This has been their best best month of work, and they're playing off each other very, very well. Kevin, how big of a factor will Freddie Goudreau uh, be in this series? I, I thought it was so great. Uh, last game of the season, he scores a goal, they announce a contract extension, and then he scores again. Uh, how big is he going to be uh, on that second line filling in for Jewel Erickson Eck and just what he brings to the table in general? Well, he's had a breakout year, and he just signed a five-year extension, and he couldn't stop smiling in Nashville the other night. And just to see the way his teammates reacted once the news broke and the hugs and the well wishes. He's one of those guys that's kind of a glue guy, right? He can do so many things for this team. And then his role just gets magnified right now with Jewel Erickson Eck on the sidelines. And we don't know when number 14 returns. We hope it's during this series, but we have no clarification on that timeline. So everything that Freddie Gaudreau does, I think makes a bigger impact now. You know, the wild are not deep at center. They're missing their very best. So now Hartman and Freddie Gaudreau have to hold their own. And then the faceoff circle is another area where Dallas has had their way with Minnesota now in a lot of these matchups. So they've got to elevate that part of their game. Gaudreau will be a big, big part of that penalty kill. But you hit the nail on the head, Seth. That second line for Minnesota is going to sink or swim this series for the Wild. We know that Kaprizov and Zuccarello, along with Ryan Hartman, are going to be that dynamic line that's going to really, I think, force Dallas into some of their tough, tough matchups where they have to put their best out there. Now you get Boldy and Johansson and what they've been able to build in that secondary matchup, and that's where the Wild can make some hay. Dallas is great when it comes to shutting down that very, very good line, that top line. You look at McDavid. You look at some of the top teams that they've faced, McKinnon in the West here. They're going to do their best to shut down that Kaprizov line. Now can Boldy and Johansson in one of those secondary matchups make them pay? Freddie Gaudreau will have a huge impact on that. Uh, the bottom six as well will have uh, a a tough test here in this series. Dallas has got a pretty good uh, third and fourth line combo themselves, but we've seen Gustav Nyquist uh, look pretty good in his uh, his few games of getting back into regular action. You got Marcus Foligno, who is going to, as one of those veterans, be hungry to try to help this team get further than they did last year. And that fourth line has been a huge anchor for this team all season, and so. With that, uh, those third and fourth line options for Dallas, Wild are ready to match them uh, with what they've got too. Yeah, I think Ryan Reeves on that fourth line is is a real difference maker. And when I think about playoff hockey and the pressure and how the atmosphere changes and looking around uh, the last couple of days being around this hockey team and the young players sitting down with him chatting, uh, the way he keeps the bunch loose and then what he brings to the table on the ice. Jamie Benn is a bully, and he likes to go out there and bully the opposition's best players. It's funny, though. The last time these teams played in Dallas, there was a sequence where he was trying to play that bully game, and Ryan Reeves, through Dean Everson, got out there for a matchup with the Ben line and basically went to center ice saying, let's go. 
And Ben thought about it for a split second and then rethought about it. And to me, that was very telling because just having 75, Ryan Reeves, on that ice and on that bench throughout this early part of the series changes the way Ben goes about his business. And he can really cause havoc. And I had this conversation with Ryan Hartman yesterday. He said, no question, we respect what this guy can do and how impactful he is, but we're not going to poke that bear. If he comes calling to us, we'll have an answer. But I think they want to keep him on the outskirts as far as impact on this series because he has burned the wild time and time again. And I think Ryan Reeves really counteracts some of that bullying that we've seen from Ben. And then you hit the nail on the head too again, Seth. You brought it up. Gustav Nyquist is an X-factor player. I love his playmaking skill. He's still not probably 100%, but my goodness, this guy can see the rank. And you talk about bottom six and how that could tip the scales. That third line for Minnesota, I think, plays a key role, along with Sam Steele and Marcus Foligno. Can that third line go out and not necessarily produce, but get offensive zone time, put some pressure on Dallas, and not let their bottom six dictate terms? I think Dallas is probably the deeper team up front. I think Minnesota's the deeper team on the back end. And I think the goaltending matchup is super intriguing, but I think Minnesota is deeper. Dallas has the higher-end talent in between the pipes. This is one of those series when you handicap it, there aren't just a lot of differences here. Both these teams play all four lines, both play all 6D, and both have elite goaltending. So it's really going to be fascinating to see how these coaches play uh, against each other and get that chess match going. Yeah, it's going to be a fantastic series, and we can't wait to keep you covered every step of the way. Uh, Kevin, thank you for the time here today. We will be uh, in touch with you throughout the series. Looking forward to what's just going to be a a battle between uh, two great teams, and it should be a lot of fun. So listeners, make sure you tune in to Locked on Wild. We'll have you covered pregame, postgame, new episodes every day. So uh, make sure that you follow along with us. As we move through the start of what hopefully is a long postseason run for the Minnesota Wild, you can find new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked On Podcast Network.